This is Off the Record, the weekly KOTO public affairs show that offers you, the listener, an opportunity to hear in-depth conversations on community topics and issues that matter. As always, you are encouraged to join the conversation by calling 728-4333. Now here's your host. Good evening, KOTO listeners. Thank you for tuning in to Off the Record. This is Julia Caulfield from the KOTO News Team. This evening, we're here with five of the 10 candidates vying for Mountain Village Town Council looking to fill four seats that are open uh, this year. Uh, we're going to be given the candidates some time for opening statements at the beginning. I have some questions prepared, and then we'll have time for closing statements at the end. As a reminder, this is a call-in program, so if you have a question for the candidates, please give us a call, 970-728-4333. If you call while somebody's in the middle of a sentence, I'm going to answer the phone but not bring you up on the air until they're done talking. So stay on the line and we'll get you as soon as we can. Um, let me introduce the candidates that we have. We have Martinique Prohaska, Marty Prohaska, uh, Rick Gomez, Jonathan Greenspan, Scott Pearson, and then Frank Henson. Thank you all so much for being here this evening. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Yep, great to be here. Um, so... As I mentioned, we're going to start with some opening statements. We're just going to start on one side and work to the other. So, Marty, we'll start with you. Hi. Well, thanks, Julia. It's great to be here and being broadcast. It's one of the fabulous things about this community is community radio. I am running for re-election. I would be going into my second term. I am an almost lifelong Mountain Village resident. Um, I moved to the area in 1988 with my family and have been living in Mountain Village pretty much since 1992. I did go away to college and came back and have made my life here. I am a small business owner. I own um, Wild Iris Greenhouse and Gardens. I'm also on the Telluride Ski Patrol in the winters. I have two daughters, Elodie, who is the one of the DJs of the Tyride High School Radio Club. She's going into 10th grade, and I have another daughter, Emmeline, who is going into um, the 8th grade. I am running for re-election because I hope to continue to learn and grow along with this community. We've accomplished a lot in the last four years and really the last decade in seeing our town evolve into a place that is truly meaningful for both the people who live here as well as our visitors. Um, I want to continue to see that happen. I want to be able to raise my family here. I want to see my neighbors be able to raise their families here. And I want to see businesses be able to thrive. Um, I want us to be able to seek the vision of the original founders, which is that we are living and thriving in a world-class ski resort. And um, I'm a volunteer. I'm a parent. I'm a passionate member of the Mountain Village community. And I hope that I bring accessibility and approachability to this position. And that's why I would love to be reelected. Thank you. <clears throat> Rick, we'll go to you next. All right. That's fast and quick here. Uh, thanks, Julia. Uh, you know, good evening, esteemed listeners. Today I come before you again as a candidate for town council in the town of Mountain Village, fueled by a profound belief in the power of community. Those of you that know me know that my name is Oscar E. Gomez, but I also go by Rick. 
I am excited to share my unwavering commitment to serving the people of our town. Through open dialogue and active engagement, we can build a town council that truly reflects the diverse needs and aspirations of its residents. Together, united, let's champion progress, embrace inclusivity, and cultivate a future that leaves no one behind. I am ready to continue the work on the challenges that face us all, whether it be the gondola, SMART, review of the proposed hotel projects, like the Four Seasons or Six Senses, the wastewater treatment plant, fire mitigation, mental health and substance abuse, and of course, housing. My background in hospitality and my current role as Chief Financial Officer for the Mountain Lodge for the past 11 years have trained me well to contribute in a positive manner to all of these issues. I look forward to tonight's conversations. Thank you. Perfect. Jonathan, we'll go to you next. Thank you, Julia, very much. Uh, usually I'm in this seat for a lot of the environmental work that you're talking about uh, that we've been on these uh, panels for. But now it's a little bit different. Um, I've been in Telluride for, I think, going on my 34th year, and most of it has been in the, in the Mountain Village. I've built my own home there. I live in deed-restricted housing. I have been a council person, I'm not a district board person, and a TMVOA uh, uh, elected official as well. I was also the president of TMVOA at one time. So I, I, have, I had a business called Sunrise that did a resource recovery, but we also did all of the recycling from, gosh, Rico all the way to uh, Silverton to Olathe. And we, had, we did that for quite some time before we peeled off and did some other things. Currently, I do have my real estate license for the area, but I don't practice that a whole lot, as well as I run a nonprofit that uh, raises money for um, environmental factors, uh, re recycling and resource recovery and composting specifically. But I have the experience, folks. I, I really do. I've been at this before for 14 years. I've taken a hiatus from this for a while and gotten involved in a lot of different things, including national, state, and, of course, local issues. I attend a lot of the town council meetings. I'm up to speed on this, but here's the best part, is the fact that I can uh, hit the ground running. I know what it takes to be a council person. I know how much invested work needs to go into it to be a council person. And let me tell you, it's sometimes more than a full-time job. So um, the what, I, what also you would probably know already is that I'm not working for myself on this. I'm working for the people of the Mountain Village and the community. Uh, like Marty, I'm also very uh, accessible and I can be reached at any time. So we have a lot of issues to go through from parking, from housing, environmental standards, um, uh, working together with the other uh, communities uh, on all these topics. We have a lot of stuff coming online, such as the wastewater treatment plant, the gondola, and, of course, uh, the hospital, not to uh, lose track of the bond issue coming up for the, um, uh, the school district. So you know, I feel like we need people that know exactly what's going on and have a lot of uh, tentacles, mind you, that can reach out to the other entities, such as state, local, and, of course, federal, to make these things work. It's not on the burden of just us. It's on the burden of all of the community. Thank you very much. All right, Scott, we'll go to you. 
Thank you, Julia. It's a it's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, relative to the others who've gone, I am certainly the newbie here. Um, three years ago, my wife and I both retired and moved to Mountain Village, and in that short time, we have fallen in love with the town, with the community, and I've gotten quite involved. Uh, shameless plug, I have a, a radio show here on Kodo. It's called Northbound Train, and I encourage everyone to tune in. I'm also the uh, regional uh, coordinator for the Red Cross, so I, I help them coordinate all disaster response for San Miguel County. Uh, I'm a volunteer with the Telluride Venture Network, helping um, young entrepreneurs, some not so young, uh, launch their businesses and grow their businesses here in Telluride. Um, why am I running? Uh, I have spent roughly half my career in the private sector and half in the public sector, both federal and local. And in my experience, nothing has a more direct, immediate, positive or negative impact on people's lives than the quality of their local government. And I have seen the effect of that here in our community because we have been the beneficiaries of decades of strong leadership, strong governance, and visionary leadership, and that is a tradition that I hope to continue with. Um, we have a, a wonderful community. We also have some really big issues, and the number one issue on that is affordable housing. Um, both the town of Mountain Village and Telluride have made a lot of progress in the last few years, but relative to the need, a need that has been hugely exacerbated by COVID, we still have a long way to go. And that is my absolute number one priority and commitment is to continue to make real progress so that people can take jobs here, so that businesses can hire employees, and so that people who want to make a life here and have a family and raise a family here uh, can afford to do that. Um, I'm also really focused on um, making sure that we all pull together to have a medical center that functions for the community and recreation, both enhanced outdoor recreation but also indoor recreation. I mentioned that I've spent about half my career in the private sector and half in the public sector. I've worked for three presidents as a trade negotiator and um, in the Department of Education. Um, and I also ran a local government agency in Washington, D.C. for the last eight years, overseeing about 120 schools. Um, both of those experiences have given me um, great background. The private sector experience has made me really focused on efficiency and um, how to do things in a low-cost um, way. The public sector experience has told me that a business approach doesn't always work in a public setting. You have to listen. You have to be willing to compromise. You have to understand the laws in the public context. And I think the background that I have um, will make me an effective council member. Thank you. Thank you. Frank, you're up. Hi, and uh, thanks again, Julia, for having us here. Um, my name is Frank Henson, and I've been working and living in Telluride since uh, started working here in 1996 and living here in about 2000. And over the past 25 years, I've seen a lot of changes in our community and the environment as a whole here. We've had an enormous amount of growth over that time. There's been a lot of changes from the sleepy little town that we moved into in those days to the vibrant tourist economy that we have now. And with all that growth has come the need for the next chapter of changes that are going to affect us as a town council. It's hard to follow up all these other candidates in front of me tonight. You guys have expressed some really good 
issues and hit most of the topic points. But uh, the bottom line is we need to be prepared for the next 25, 30 years of the future, and it's going to fall upon the shoulders of this group that is elected to the town council to kick that off. And all of these issues, whether it's housing or gondola or uh, infrastructure, the wastewater treatment plant, they're all intertwined. And we have to have a vision. And that's what I like to say that I'm bringing to the council is a vision of how you can provide enough affordable housing without increasing the wastewater treatment plant capabilities, how you can have remote housing without having transportation and parking needs met for the future, how you can grow the community, and I'm talking about regionally, without having the support for the emergency and medical personnel that we need to take care of that community. And these, this is the way I'm looking at the approach for the next four years on the town council is looking forward for that vision. Yes, we're going to have hotels. Yes, we're going to have lots of small issues coming at us. But the vision has to be there to intertwine all of these, and it's going to take a regional approach. We're running for t Mountain Village Town Council, but without the collaboration of the town of Telluride, San Miguel County, Norwood, Placerville, Sawpit, all these other communities, we're going to have a tough time pulling this off. And we need to collaborate. We need to be able to work together. And that's one of my strong points, I think, is that uh, I've spent time negotiating and doing disputes resolution. And that's basically what we're into, is we've got to overcome the obstacles of how do we fund these projects? How do we plan them and have the foresight to address what we're where we're going to be in 25 years or 30 years so um that's what i'm coming to why i'm running for town council is because the people that are arriving here today like i did 25 years ago and are planning to stay here need to know that somebody's planning for them and that's where i want to go with this perfect thank you all um some of you may have touched on this already, but, you know, serving on town council, you are an individual bringing your perspective and your uh, beliefs and opinions, but you are also working as a collaborative board um, of seven. What do you see as your leadership style and how do you think that that will work within the context of a, of a town council? And Rick, we'll start with you. All right. I'm on the spot. <clears throat> well... You know, during the last forum, I described my leadership style by using my profession as an accountant, right? And and it's one that I think serves well in town council. As an accountant, one of the first things you do is you ask a lot of questions. That's just what accountants do. And And I think by me joining the council, you don't have to know absolutely everything coming in. But if you start asking the right questions and follow-up questions and evaluating the input that's being provided to you, whether it's from your fellow town council members, uh, the town manager, town staff, right, and then the general public, and you take all that into consideration, for the most part, you'll be able to arrive at good decisions that then benefit 
the entire town. I also mentioned uh, uh, the last forum, when it involves huge decisions, uh, you also involve legal counsel, right, before uh, making the decision, before documents are drafted for uh, uh, final wet signatures. And so that's what I think I would contribute uh, to the town council is the leadership style of being able to ask questions listen attentively, take a lot of notes, review your notes ahead of making any important decision. Jonathan. Thanks, Julia. Um, the bottom line is I listen. I listen to everybody. Um, I do, after that, I look for the facts in the matter of what it might be. And um, after, going forward from there, you compile what, uh, what you're hearing from your neighbors. You either try to educate back up or back down. And then you take a, a, a cross-section of the whole community, the business sector, the, the upper village, the lower village, uh, and, and the, the workers, the residents, the, any, the businesses. I think I already mentioned that. But nevertheless, you listen and you, you reach out to everybody. And by doing that, you're going to be able to come up with an answer that might not be the same answer of your own. And the, and the whole thing here is we're not working for ourselves on this. No matter what my opinion on something might be, we're working for all the, the electorate out there, plain and simple. And so we have to make sure that we hear that. Then you bring that information to the council. And, and, and in the council, you have to be prepared. These, uh, these packets are very thick. Um, believe it or not, when I was on council, I still have a lot of my packets, and we used to gauge how long the meetings were depending on how many inches the packet were. Now everything's electronic. But you have to read everything and just dive down into it before you get into the debate discussion. And it's also okay to vote against something or vote for something that may not be a popular item in the, in the sense of your other uh, council folks. But nevertheless... A no vote is okay sometimes, but uh, it, 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 trying to come to a, a, a consensus of seven people, yes, that's very important, but sometimes uh, in a consensus, you don't necessarily, uh, some things don't get heard, and that's what has to be, that's what has to happen. There's also um, a three-minute rule for uh, discussion for people that are in participating in the meeting that aren't council, council people. That may be too short. You know, when people want to, to, to express their feelings about something, we have to make sure we listen to them. So listening is my main thing. Thank you. Scott. Uh, <clears throat> thanks. I would actually break this into two parts. The first is, the what do you think, how should the council lead? Because the council does not run the government. The council is the leader, and we have a very capable staff who actually executes on everything. Um, it's not the council's job to make uh, minute decisions. It's the council's job to set broad goals, to hire strong staff, to hold staff accountable, and to um, be consistent so that staff can execute on that well. Um, that's my vision for how the council should exercise leadership um, then there's the second question of, as one member of seven, you know, how are you an effective council member? Um, I've, I've been on lots and lots of boards, and I've built up some experience doing this. And, and it's this balance between um, being clear about what your priorities are, but also being humble enough to recognize that other people may have other priorities, 
and you don't have I don't have a monopoly on wisdom and and the some of the people before me have talked about the importance of listening it is important because you can't come in thinking that you are the know-it-all and and you have all the solutions the solutions generate from discussion um, and so it means being collegial being collaborative among the council, but also among all of our partners in San Miguel County, in the town of Telluride, with Telski, with the town of Mountain Village Homeowners Association. You know, we're all in this beautiful valley um, and mountain because we love it here, and that unites us, um, and we need to remember that, um, that we're all united by our common love of this place um, when we sometimes disagree. Frank. Uh, as far as leadership style, I like to be an educated decision maker. And I like to hear the facts from both sides, and I like to fact check what I'm hearing to make sure that what I'm being told is the real situation. So it's important to me to listen to both sides of an issue, argument, whatever it may be, and then weigh those facts decide, uh, evaluate the pros and the cons, and then make the decision that's best for the community. Because again, we're not here as individuals in what is our opinion is important as much as we are here to uh, represent our community and make the best decisions for them. So I want to be an educated decision maker. Thank you. Marty. I, I agree that there might be two different ways to answer this question because we are providing as council members leadership in the community, but also leadership on council. So, you know, leadership in the community, again, I'm just going to go back to accessibility. Not everyone has the time or the wherewithal to formulate an email to staff or to town council when they have a question or they're unclear about something or they're worried about something. I'm there on the sideline of the soccer field, in the lift line, at the job site, and I'm there for you to come and ask me that question or tell me your feelings about an issue. And I get it. We are all super busy. And you're going to see me out and you're going to see me reaching out. And the reason is that I have learned so much about what it takes to be on town council through listening to the people that I interact with. Again, not always the people who are taking the time to send the emails, which I do read all of those as well. Um, secondly, though, being a leader, when you're sitting around that table with your six other council people, I think that um, something that I've really focused on and learned over the last four years is to not get ruffled, to take the emotion out of my sentiments and to really be an active listener. Um, I am a victim's advocate working for, you know, as a volunteer for the San Miguel Resource Center. I take a shift every Monday evening. And in the many, many years I've been doing that, it's a spectacular training and how to actively listen and the skills you need to actively listen in situations that are stressful and situations that are emotive and um, being able to take some of that emotion out allows you to 
actively listen and be able to critically think, which I think is an important thing when you're sitting there trying to seek collaboration amongst your other council members. Thank you. Um, Y'all all have so many wonderful things to say. I'm going to ask if you can try to shorten <laughs> your um, answers by a little bit because we have so many things that we want to touch on um, and we want to make sure that we get to as many of them as possible. But thank you for all your words. Um, many of you have already mentioned this. It is hard to have a conversation in our region without talking about housing. So I would love, big question, um, love to hear what does quote-unquote solving our housing crisis look to, look like to you and how do we get there jonathan we'll start with you oh boy um yes trying a big question little amount of time to answer um basically this has been the most recycled um topic throughout the history of the mountain village of course our, our area as a whole and one of the problems that we're having is talking about it and not doing it. And so what we have to, this is not an isolated question just for the Mountain Village. This is a regional question, uh, including Ridgeway, including Norwood and other areas. Not everybody wants to live here, but a lot of people want to work here. But we still have to address the housing issue. And we need to take, uh, if we haven't already, we need to take a, uh, a, a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A, a study of some sort, but I don't like studies, of finding how many available lots are left in the whole entire region, Mountain Village, Telluride County, etc., to find out what is available for us. And then we have to be very uh, efficient on how we build it with all the environmental concerns and the energy efficiencies and whatnot. So with taking this, this is probably the biggest need. When we have a big project like a hotel, we need to also make sure that we understand how many heads will be working in that uh, that property and then translating it to the beds. So there's a lot of moving parts on this. It is not just a mountain village issue. It is a whole entire region. Thank you. Scott. I would define success when we've, that we've, we've gotten ahead of this problem when every person who has a job here um, can get a place to live here. And every person who works here and aspires to build a family and um, raise children here um, has the capacity to buy a home and do just that. That would that would be success for me. How do we get there? Um, there was a study done before COVID that said we were about 800 housing units short of that goal. Um, under COVID that has surely grown um but it's not we're not talking about millions we're talking about somewhere probably between a thousand and two thousand housing units and we have several different um, entities who are working to solve that the town of telluride the town of mountain village san miguel county the school district uh telluride foundation and others um I, I don't love studies either. Actually, I do love studies because that gives me the information that that um, I need to be a good policymaker. I think we need to update that study. We need to size the problem. Um, and then we need to work collaboratively with our partners um, to, to go at it. And, and my general approach would be to do a little bit in a lot of places rather than a lot in a few places. Um, no area is going to be able to withstand hundreds and hundreds of units, I don't believe. But we have a lot of small places, and I think we can tackle the problem by doing it that way. Frank. 
so this is an area where I have some experience. Uh, I've built deed-restricted housing in the Mountain Village. I've built deed-restricted housing for the town of Telluride, and I've served as the owner's representative for the Block 23 in town of Telluride Housing Authority on uh, some of their projects. I think that the collaboration needs to be, be between all the government entities and Telluride Foundation in order to evaluate what has worked and what doesn't work. That way we can find the best results for past projects and plot a plan for the future projects. And um, I agree, we don't need to cram everyone into village court or into the meadows. We need to spread it out. But with that, there are certain obstacles that come. Um, if you're building in Norwood and working in Telluride, then you are introducing a whole new transportation and parking issue. If you're building in Ilium, do we have infrastructure to support however much housing we're putting there? Where's the water and wastewater going? Electricity and gas, those things. So by getting together with the entities who have done this, and I've seen the Block 23 housing uh, in Telluride do some really good things and have affordable price points. And I look at the new project in the Mountain Village that the price point is going to be in the eight or $900,000 mark. I don't call that affordable housing. That just doesn't work for the majority of our workforce. Our workforce gets stressed out over this issue. It's a mental health issue. And what we need to do is have price points that work for our workforce and the wages they're making. So Town of Telluride puts the land into the mix and then tries to keep the building cost to a certain level, dollars per square foot. That allows them to then sell those projects. The Mountain Village needs to take the same approach. And, I, and it's not just the Mountain Village. Collaboratively, all the government entities, we need to come together and share these experiences to figure out what that plan is for the future. Um, the other part of that is the, um, bear with me, <coughs> um, can't it's escape my mind, but closer is, is going to be better in my mind. The village core needs to have housing surrounding it, year-round housing, and that will make it a vibrant year-round resort as opposed to the seasonal and uh, dead space during the spring and the fall. And the way to do that is to find those lots in and around the core or with these hotel projects to create a community and to also create a transportation system from the meadows to the core so that people can congregate there so that the businesses can thrive year-round and economically we become a sustainable and viable uh, community. Julie, I'm going to endeavor to keep it shorter um, as as you've asked. Um, I am proud of the work that the council has done the last four years. Um, it is more than we've seen affordable housing wise, I think, in a very long time. Um, and I'm talking about the VCA expansion, Ilium, Norwood, as well as Meadowlark. And just as a 
as a quick um, correction, you know, pricing for Metal Arc has not been determined yet, and we are still working on some creative ways to uh, price those. Um, we have, I, I encourage anyone who's interested to see what Mountain Village has done and is doing program-wise, check out the Community Housing Initiatives page on the Town of Mountain Village website that has all the programs that are available, including the YES program, Your Equity Support. Um, We also have revamped our housing mitigation, so talking about hotels, figuring out what what the private industry is responsible for, what the government's responsible for. We have massaged all that. We have figured out what other communities in our same resort community subset are doing and we've followed their lead by um changing our housing mitigation regulations um and you know essentially though wherever and however we do these things i always want to bring to mind that we need a holistic view not just for mountain village but for our region um and ensure that we're providing adequate services to all of our residents and visitors as we grow our affordable housing thank you Rick. All right. I'm going to try and keep it short again uh, as well, but I will say this. You know, I'm very passionate about uh, workforce housing um, because without the workforce, nothing exists in Telluride, period. The workforce are the true VIPs of Telluride. And I can relate to this personally. When I first moved to Telluride, I couldn't find a place here. I lived in Ridgeway. Okay, I did do the commute daily. Then I lived in Montrose. I did the commute daily from there. The commute that's being done by many of the listeners today. I do understand what it is to hit a deer in your only car and then go through, oh my gosh, now I don't have a car. I understand that. Been there, done that. I'm very passionate about it. I still go through it now as an employer. Now I'm trying to hire people. I have opened positions. I've done about 16 interviews in the past two weeks. And the first question of every interview, how do I get housing? Right? And my hotel, unfortunately, doesn't offer it. It is a big, big problem. But how do we solve it? You know, it's one word. And I said at the last forum, unity. We have to come together. Okay. I agree what has been said. It is not just a Mountain Village problem. It is an everyone problem. And until we solve that, I see workforce housing as the trunk of this tree. All the other issues we have been discussing are just branches of this tree. But until we fix that trunk, nothing else will work. You know, it's just how I I see it. Um, But, you know... And if I join the, the town council, what I would do is continue the efforts. There are efforts. Housing ha- are, is being built. You know, I was amazed in talking to the Latinx community in Spanish. And I was amazed at how uninformed people were. People didn't realize where housing was being built. People didn't realize some of the lots that are currently owned uh, for planned development. and the, And more importantly... The cost, right? I tell everybody as an accountant, keep in mind, money has to come from somewhere, right? And so balance sheets have to be evaluated. You know, VCA is $23 million. Metal Arc is $22 million. Between the two, you're over $40 million. The town of Mountain Village balance sheet 
can only extend so far. And so you have to unite review balance sheets and outside of that also even look for private uh, partnerships uh, for them to come help us with it. Uh, thank you. All right. <laughs> Sorry for extending it. That's okay. I'm very, very passionate I, about that. Y'all have good things to say. We just don't have all of the time in the world. Yes. And on that note, um, Mountain Village really has been working to diversify its economy over the past several years, you know, decade or so, uh, to make it more of a, a year-round economy that isn't so tied to the tourism of the winter and summer. Um, how do you think that's going? And what else should... Uh, Mountain Village be doing to continue to bolster that, and what's the role of the government specifically in that in that work? And Scott, we'll start with you. Um, I I think it's definitely the role of the government to try to stimulate the the economy. Um, and I, w- w- as I mentioned, I've only been here three years. Um, what I hear from people is that it is more vibrant than it was. But what I have experienced, I mean, we walked through the Village core with some guests in late April, and it was a complete ghost town. There was no restaurant open. There was no, no bar open. So there's clearly a, a long way to go to make it what we want it to be. And what I would say, uh, one person I was talking to said it very well, we don't meet, need more people on the busiest days. It's already too crowded. No business wants more people on the busiest days because they're scrambling just to keep up. The mountain is full. What we need is to spread people out across um, not just the shoulder seasons, but even the ski season. Um, so what is what, what would be some things? I would argue that the gondola ideally should try to stay open longer and that with a new gondola um, we would reduce the downtime for maintenance and so we can extend into the fall. The spring is tough. You know, everybody is ready for a break. It's been cold. People get out of town. I would not advocate for boosting the economy, you know, in the middle of April. But I do think that there's a lot of opportunity in the fall. So, um, you know, increasing programming of events, um, increasing um, worker housing in the core, particularly around um, town hall and the parking garage. Um, I think those are things that that we could do. Um, And then also uh, expanding or maybe even improving the management of the conference center. We have this real resource there, a real asset, and my sense is that it is not fully utilized. Thank you. Frank? So there's a number of things that I think need to happen. Uh, Central to that is working with the stakeholders in the core in the community, TSG being the primary stakeholder there. They have uh, expanded with bicycle parks and trails and summertime activities, zip lines, things like that. That's great for the overall economy of the core in the mountain village. That's really important. We need to expand on that, though, and have year-round residents in the core, and that is locals. That means we need housing in and around the core. So the um, with these new hotel projects, uh, not only do we need them to provide space for housing, but we ought to be requiring them to sp- provide space for additional commercial businesses, restaurants, uh, not just the hotels, restaurants, but independent businesses, whether it be sporting goods shops or uh 
food service or any other service, clothing, whatever else draws people in on a regular basis. And then with the, the renovation of the gondola, the new gondola system, we should consider having a leg of the gondola come to the meadows so where you do have a mass of local residents, they can have easy year-round access to the core. Uh, the bus and vehicle system going from the meadows to the core is just a gas hog, unsustainable method of transportation. We need we need something better there. Um, and then what would really help would be a community rec center or something like that that would provide a space for people to go and, and congregate. Marty. This really comes down to quality of life issue, I think, that we've all pointed out. We're trying to reduce those large sign curves of visitors and have it be more of a manageable ebb and flow, right? And that means bringing more people in during times where we're historically not that busy. And I have been inspired seeing homegrown and home-managed festivals and events thrive quick plug for the Telluride Yoga Festival coming up this weekend, as well as other smaller festivals and events that reflect our ethos and our values, including Mushroom Festival, um, Mountain Film. You know, what I've heard from event planners and folks in that industry is that they do need a certain level of hotbeds to bring in these you know, whether it's a corporate event or whether it's a smaller size festival in some of these shoulder seasons, um, there are very limited places for hotels. We have, you know, already eyed two of those in the Mountain Village core. Uh, we'll see what happens with one. Four Seasons is on the docket. Um, I think that will help to bring in the necessary bed base for bringing in some of these events and um, potential festivals that would help even out that big sine wave. Thank you. Rick, we'll go to you. Well, uh, I'll say this, you know, in the now 13 plus years I've been in Telluride, I remember when I first moved here and uh, in short, shoulder seasons are shrinking. And so it is slowly moving in the right direction. You know, when I first moved here, we did have four months of shoulder seasons where oh, I could breathe now a little bit, right? Uh, but they are shrinking, which is great uh, uh, for the economy. But it brings us back to the trunk of the tree. It's workforce housing. You know, everything I just said, I, oh, I can breathe. The workforce feels exactly the same. At the end of the season, everyone just wants to leave. A lot of people also lose their leases in doing so. And so... We fix the workforce housing that'll help us continue moving in the right direction because people will have a permanent place to live, whether they own or rent, year-round without having to um, think about dwelling. You know, it goes back to, you know, for those of you that know, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And, and for those of you that don't Google it, it, the Internet's a marvelous thing. You'll be able to find it. One of the basic needs on the pyramid is dwelling. <laughs> It starts at the very bottom. If you have to worry about, you know, another basic need is feed yourself, right? But if you have to worry about where to live, nothing else, you can't move to the next level, right? And so if we fix the housing, 
then I go to mental health and substance abuse, which is a huge problem uh, that we have in Telluride. I'm of the opinion that it's because, you know, there's a lot of great events, but if you look at the calendars that come out, uh, 90% of them are catered to tourists, which is great because we're a tourist town, but very little is catered to the locals that do not involve partying and drinking, <laughs> right? People come to Telluride. We live in a vacation destination, but the people that work here are not on vacation. And so we do need more events and more recreation for locals. Uh, a rec center, as someone pointed out, would be tremendous and a great start for it. Um, but we have come a long way from where we were 13 years ago. Thank you. Thank you. Jonathan. I'm going to change it up a little bit and come at it at a different angle. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, amenities. A simple word of amenities. This ski season was three and a half months long, uh, just a little over 100 days. We can point our fingers at many different questions why it doesn't matter, but we've had a, a string of these for the last several years. So what do we do? We need to figure out what amenities are whatever time of the year to make sure that people have activities to do, which will eventually bleed into the storefronts. It'll eventually help out the uh, uh, restaurants and bars. And we need to find out what will what is the 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 the, the, the striking point of uh, a, a successful uh, business by having traffic in there. Now, one of the things that we could do as a council, we could. Uh, give a tax break for all businesses that stay open during the time of the off seasons. That's one that we could do. We can also change our marketing up a little bit. And there are a lot of people that don't ski or golf. They like to hang out and enjoy the beauty that we have here. We can tap into that uh, grouping right there. There's just so many things that we just haven't touched into yet or onto yet that we need to make sure. But we need to make sure that our amenities are out there, that people can attend to, they can enjoy, they can participate in whatever it takes. But we don't shut down and lights are off. We need to keep lights on, efficiency lights, on all the time to make sure that people in traffic is going through here. Thank you. Um, Jonathan, you just started to touch on it. Um, recognizing that this is a local, regional, state, national topic. Um, what do you think Mountain Village needs to be doing to address um, climate change and obviously very much wildfire in our region? And Frank, we'll start with you. Uh, glad you asked that question. Um, climate change, uh, the biggest impact in our local environment is housing and transportation. And housing is being addressed through it, the energy codes. Uh, it, more can be done through the building department. The uh, ability to change codes and require renewable and solar energy on new construction, I think should be mandatory for all new construction that the Mountain Village is doing itself. Um, I think there should be increased requirements for new free market housing and encouragements for deed-restricted housing. The Mountain Village has put in place uh, um, incentives, and I think there should be more of them. But to build a 
10 or $12 million home and not incorporate renewable energy or solar energy into the project is just flat out wasteful. So that's one big step that we can take. Um, the transportation is another. We should go to a, a fully electric powered gondola and encourage the ski area. I think the ski area already does use a lot of renewable energy, but uh, work it into our environment and our day-to-day -day -day lives here, do our part, and then try to encourage that regionally also. Thank you. Marty? I'm a big proponent of data-driven initiatives and programs. If anyone, again, I'm going to point back to the very um, informative Town of Mountain Village website. If you go to the Green Living webpage, there is a lot of information about all the incentive programs, including our greenhouse gas inventory um, that we have done um, year over year so that we understand where our greenhouse gas emissions are really coming from. And transportation is a very small percentage, 5%. Uh, waste stream, that's less than 5%. It's our buildings that are driving our greenhouse gas emissions. And as a community that's already over 60% built out, yes, it's important that we ensure that the new buildings are being built at building energy codes that are current and reflective of our values. We also need to get on board with incentive programs similar to the solar panel incentive program that was extremely successful, similar to the Cedar Shake incentive program that is extremely successful. Um, we need to get another incentive program, which I believe the green team that I'm a part of will continue working on um, for retrofitting existing buildings when it comes time for them to upgrade. Thank you. Rick. Um, I believe the question was two part. Uh, fire mitigation and carbon footprint and so i'm going to address it at fire mitigation first fire mitigation is important to me you know i'm personally going through it uh, for some properties that i manage my own property that i own deed restricted unit up here in the village fire mitigation is becoming a problem because of insurability you know the insurance carriers uh, one of the biggest ones, uh, travelers, left the destination a number of years ago and will no longer insure property in Telluride and Mountain Village. Big deal. Uh, insuring costs over the last couple of months has increased upwards of 150%. You know, I am afraid that if we don't really address this together as a group, uh, we will not be able to insure. You know, I don't. I would hate to see the town of Mountain Village, the town of Telluride, Florida is going through it uh, currently. My parents are retired there, and so I keep a pulse of what happens in Florida, and they're going through it for different reasons. You know, in their case, it's hurricanes or water levels rising, right? But people are being forced to self-insure because the cost of insurance has become just unreachable. Uh, I understand the town uh, hired a full-time person, however, to help with, uh, I don't know if this is the right term, deforestation. Uh, the, uh, we, have, we have a forester. A forester. There you go. And and, and so there is a full-time person. And so that was great to hear because that means, you know, we're moving in the right direction. We just have to continue putting efforts into it. As it relates to the carbon footprint, you know, I think that government plays a role in offering incentives. 
and, and motivating the community to really uh, uh, start programs, you know, like a bottle recycle problem program that was discussed some years ago as we have all these restaurants and bars but we don't really properly recycle the glass bottles uh i mentioned recycling the fryer oil you know right now uh there's only one person's destination that picks it up i think we could do a little bit more there there's a compost program that's coming out i saw i received some emails from uh, San Miguel County and from the town of Mount Village regarding composting, which is phenomenal. And then I was happy to hear that the town actually did extend the Cedar Shake uh, incentive program for the destination because that both goes into the carbon footprint and the fire mitigation for the destination. Um, and, and that's where my position stands. Thank you. Jonathan. Oh, boy. Uh, this is something Keep that's quick. near and dear to my heart. Um, I probably spent the most money in this region um, uh, trying to make this whole, whole thing work and uh, waste diversion, landfill diversion. What I think is um, what well, we treat environmental issues as a reactionary situation and not a primary situation. We need to catapult it to the front of the line, plain and simple. All new construction, the incentive program is you start the building code up very high, and as they drop down the list of things that they can do efficiently or recycling-wise, then they get a very low uh, building permit. As far as retrofit, we have to fix what we have already started, and we cannot take the answer of it's too expensive it is not too expensive in the in the medium and long run and i don't even think it's a, a short, uh, too expensive on the short run thank you very impressive scott <laughs> um just a few points on fire mitigation first of all we have this very happy situation right now where the forest service is actually willing to pay the ski company to glade their um, forests um, to reduce fire risk, and that also benefits skiers because it opens up more ski terrain. So I think that's great. And also the Telluride Fire District is doing some really cool stuff with remote cameras that um, use AI to detect when lightning strikes could be leading to fires, and, and that is really, really promising. Um, on um, uh, on uh, emissions, um, the council has discussed whether Telluride should become a net-zero community um, within 20 years. Um, I know Council Member Patrick Berry has been very vocal about that. I support that. Um, I think that should be an explicit goal of the council. How do we get there? Um, we've heard a lot of great ideas. I also, the incentives make a lot of sense. Building codes make a lot of sense, but also building codes for renovations. I remember when we renovated our house, we crossed some magical threshold where it was considered a 50% renovation, and suddenly we had to bring the electrical system up to modern code. We should have something similar to that, where if you renovate and cross a certain threshold and it becomes a major renovation, you have to bring the the building or the house up to modern uh, emissions uh, code. Um, we also should provide um, for... We should count things that people do, for example, hotels, um, to bring their energy emissions down as a community benefit the same way that we treat other things that they do, like you know, adding to a park or adding parking. Um, and then the gondola is key. You know, having a functioning gondola, having the gondola reach all the way down to the meadows, that's all going to um, reduce emissions. And then finally, you know, I'm, I'm familiar with this study that says that 
um, autos and transport is only 5% of our emissions issue, but that's because it's only measuring the emissions once the cars cross into the boundary of Mountain Village. It's not measuring all the emissions that are happening when people are commuting up from Montrose or out from Norwood. We need to consider that and um, work to reduce that those as well, which, as Rick said, it all comes back to affordable housing, and this is another example of that. Thank you. Um, if y'all have listened to a candidate forum in the past, you know I love a rap, uh, lightning round, so we're going to do that. One-word answers, y'all. Um, we'll start with Marty. In one word, what sets you apart from all the other candidates running? Accessibility. Rick. Diversity. Jonathan. Experience. Scott. Effectiveness. Frank. Educated decision maker. Two words. Getting loosey goosey on the one word. Hyphenated. <laughs> <laughs> Hyphenated. Nice. Um, if you had one extra hour in the day, what would you use it for, Rick? This is not a one word answer. As close as possible, two. You get two or three. Okay. Well, for those that know me, I'm a workaholic, but. I have realized mental health is important. We all need to stop and recharge, and that's what I would use it for. Jonathan? That, that extra hour would be spent with the community. Scott? I would read. Frank? Recreate. Marty? Summer running, winter skiing. All right. Um, Ma Mountain Village's mayor is selected by the other town council members r rather than running for that position uh, specifically. If you were elected, would you be interested in becoming Mountain Village's mayor? Jonathan? Um, if elected, who? I'm sorry, I lost that last part. Would you be interested in becoming Mountain Village's mayor? Well, first of all, I think the, ele the mayor should be elected, so um, I'm, I'm interested in being elected first. Scott? I wouldn't initially be interested because I think new council members have a lot to learn before they take on being mayor. Frank? I'd be willing. Marty? Yes. Rick? Eventually, yes. All right. Um, recognizing that we did not get to all of the issues in the world in this hour, um, what is one other issue that you think that we really need to be paying attention to? Scott? Uh, medical center. Frank. Emergency response. Marty. Child care. Rick. Mental health and substance abuse. Jonathan. All aspects of the environment. All right. Um, with that, we're going to go to closing statements. I know I said two minutes at the beginning, but y'all, we are bumping up against the time. The next DJ's here. So um, as take your time, but not too much of it. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to go in the opposite direction. So, Frank, we'll start with you. Okay. Uh, the short of it is, is uh, Mountain Village Town Council, I think we need to really be open to regional collaboration with all of our partnering gov governments and stakeholders, including Telluride Foundation, Ski Area, and the businesses in the community. And I uh, stand for doing that, and that's what I would like to bring to the Town Council in the future and to plan for the long term. So. Thank you. Scott. The next council term will really matter for the future of Mountain Village. 
Will we finally create enough housing for the people who work here? Will we finally break ground on a proper hospital? Will we secure the future of the gondola for the next 30 years? Will we preserve the quiet beauty of our town? And will we add to our prosperity, not by having even busier peak days, but by bringing more dynamism to other days of the year? And finally, can we do all of this in a fiscally responsible way that keeps our tax burden low? I believe we can achieve all these goals if we do the hard work of listening and building consensus, if we're smart about how we structure and finance these projects, and if we work together with our partners. We have benefited from excellent town government, and I think I bring the skills, the experience, the temperament, and the energy to continue in that tradition of excellence. I want to preserve and improve our town so that we can all live our best lives here, and I would appreciate people's support to help me do this. Thank you. Jonathan. Here's the bottom line. Um, this is a, not a personality contest. This is a contest, um, and I'm running for an open seat. I'm not running against any of my colleagues and friends here. It's. It's. Um, I would like to be your town council member uh, again. I think I bring a lot to the table, um, and I want to make sure that we have a we have a lot of work on, on in front of us to continuing to the next the next round of our lives here. Um, I think that we need to make sure that we are paying attention to all the issues, all the people. And if you're looking for somebody that um, w wants to do the job, I want to do the job for you. I, I come, I, I come with the, the, the experiential factor, and I want to hit the ground running. And there's no learning curve for me. So let's get going as soon as we get elected here and move forward. I'd love all your support. Thank you. Thank you. Rick. Uh, first two seconds of my time, actually, I wanted to thank the current town council members the mayor and the mayor of Furotem for their service. You know, that's important. It's a lot of hard work. Uh, thank you for joining me today in this enlightening radio talk show forum. You know, as we come to the end of our discussion, I want to express my heartfelt gratitude for the opportunity to share my vision for our town. My candidacy for town council is not merely about winning an election. It is about fostering a thriving community where every voice, every voice, is heard and valued. Together, united, we can build bridges or workforce housing, continue to inspire progress, and continue to thrive. I humbly ask for your vote. Por favor, si tienes la habilidad de votar, vota por mí y ayúdeme a tener un representante de habla español en el Consejo Municipal. Together, let us embark on this journey of positive change, hand in hand, for the betterment of our town. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. Um, I'm going to be honest that I'm not here um, because I have a lot of time. Um, I'm here not because I have ego or an agenda. It's I'm here because I believe in representation. Um, we've talked a lot about a lot of big issues tonight, um, and if it's any, if I've learned anything in the last four years, it's that. Um, to be able to solve problems, you have to be a critical thinker and you have to be a collaborative partner. And that takes doing the work. It takes doing your homework. And it takes understanding the history and the nuances of the issues that are before us. And I can't tell you that I have all the answers, but I can tell you that I have some ideas and I will work to find solutions and I will listen. And thank you, Julia and Kodo, so much. 
Thank you all very much. Thanks, Marty, Rick, Jonathan, Scott, and Frank. Thank you for being here this evening. Um, listeners, as a reminder, ballots are out. If you're able to vote in Mountain Village, you should have your ballot already. Um, you have until June 25th at 5 p.m. to re- 5 p.m. 7 p.m. to return 7 p.m. to return them. Um, or you can also vote on Election Day, um, June 27th at Town Hall. Last week, we heard from the other five candidates running, so tune in, or you can listen back at Kodo.org to find that conversation, and we'll be back with another installment of Off the Record next week. Thanks, y'all, so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Off the Record. Opinions expressed on this show are those of our guests. Join us again next week for another installment. And in the meantime, drop us a line at news at koto.org with feedback and ideas. 